welcome to the Old Soul Movie Podcast, your number one spot for classic movie rewatches and breakdowns. My name is Jack Oremus, and I'm here with my sister, Emma Oremus. We decided that we wanted to make a show that reflected our love and appreciation for classic movies. And while you're here, hopefully we can share that together as an Old Soul family. We're going to be diving into these movies scene by scene and giving our modern reactions to the films that have influenced generations of people. There will be fun facts, hot takes, tears, laughter, and everything in between. And with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Old Soul Movie Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the best movie scores, best songs, best albums. Music in the movies. Music in the movies of all time. Emma, how are you doing? What's up? I'm doing quite swell. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a fun episode. Very low-key, chill. It's been kind of a unexpected week so we are just excited to kind of casually talk about one of the most important aspects of movies and that is the music it's approaching august slash august and i don't know why i always get in the mood to just play some some of my favorite songs for movies this time of year and i was like you know what we should really talk about some of our favorites just a casual chit chat and we'll see if any of you agree with us yeah i mean i think they definitely make or break the films in multiple ways, but I also think that they're just great to, to study to. If you're a student, I know that I listened to a bunch of these scores just when I was studying, and I think it's great if you don't want to listen to something maybe with some lyrics. I think that just an iconic score can't be beat. And I love that, I guess, it's almost like film branding in a way where as soon as you hear those first few notes, it's your mind immediately goes to it. So I think that's great. But, uh, but yeah, Emma, what did you want to start with? Where do we even begin? Let's go through some of my favorite, your favorite, best original songs in movies. Okay, so I kind of, guys, this is going to be all over the place, but hang in there with us. So, little background on best original song. In order to win the best original song for the Academy Award, The nominee has to be an original song consisting of words and music, both of which are original and written specifically to the motion picture. There also has to be a clearly audible, intelligible, substantive rendition of both lyric and melody used in the body of the motion picture or as the first music cue in the end credits. So there you go. The first time ever that this award was given out was 1934. So it wasn't one of the first Academy Awards out there, but it was still pretty early on. I kind of went most recent to most farther away in time, but a couple of my favorites, probably my favorite ever might be Falling Slowly from Once. And this is a little controversial because there's debates whether it counts because It was in prior recordings, so a little controversial, but that one, it also beat every song nominated from Enchanted, and that was its only competition in the year 2007. So, pretty awesome. Do you know that one? Falling Slowly? No. Okay, listen to it. 
it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah, I recommend the movie once. I've actually, so this is kind of interesting because I saw the play first and the play is pretty bomb too, if you get a chance to see that. I also love Remember Me from Coco from 2017. Such a cute one. Okay, Skyfall from Skyfall in 2012. I think this is one of, if not the best Bond songs ever. Adele kills it. What a perfect match for the Bond franchise. I mean, we had this Shirley Bassey vocal back in the day and to bring this female powerhouse singer back into the world of Bond. What a wonderful match. I love Into the West from Lord of the Rings Return of the King in 2003. Lose Yourself from Eight Miles, an unexpected classic. That was so, oh, that was 2002. And was it this Oscars when Eminem played it? I think so. I think it was. I was so confused. It, he showed up and I, I thought that they were doing highlight reels of prior Oscars. And I was like, oh, this is current. Like when I'm looking at the audience, I, it was very un, unexpected. When You Believe from the Prince of Egypt in 1998. <sighs> wow. What a great song. What a great non-Disney animated movie. My heart will go on from Titanic. What do you think of that one? I mean, you know, you know me. You know I'm a huge Titanic <laughs> stan. I mean, like all the ones that you're you're saying, I completely <laughs> agree with and I think it's important to to also just shout out that I don't know. I mean, a lot of these are more recent. I don't know if it's because like there's more of an emphasis on the soundtrack in later years. Because I think for me, like definitely a lot of my favorite scores and songs come from 1990 or beyond. I think the ones that really stand out to me prior to that are Moon River, White Christmas, but everything that you've mentioned, like from Disney on, has been like fantastic. Well, so White Christmas I have on my list too. And that was a best original song from Holiday Inn in 1942, not from the movie White Christmas, interestingly enough. And of course, Flashdance, what a feeling from Flashdance, 1983. Audience, did you know that that one best original song? That's really cool. Raindrops Creep Falling on My Head from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I actually, I think that the 60s range, 60s, 70s maybe, that might be some of my favorites. I really, I really like that one. And it's so fitting because it's, it's about two outlaws and this is such a carefree song. So that was really unique. And Que Sera Sera from The Man Who Knew Too Much in 1956. Yes, that song was written just for The Man Who Knew Too Much. A lot of people think that that was a traditional song that's been around forever. And it really didn't exist until that movie sung by Doris Day and Somewhere Over the Rainbow from Wizard of Oz 1939 might be one of the best classics. Okay. And now I have these shoulda ones, mess ups, close calls, or non winners. So we all know Star is Born came out. Okay. A bunch of Star is Borns came out, but Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper came out in 2018. Shallow won Best Original Song. However, going to contest this. I really think I Will Never Love Again should have been nominated slash won. 
I think that that song, there's actually a, but I like shallow. Don't get me wrong, but there's like three songs. I think I would put over shallow is to me, the most impressive music and lyrics and vocal performance. And for me, I will never love again. I think that was it. I think that was the best one. And I think that there was some campaign out there for Bradley Cooper (laughs) and Lady Gaga to sing together and be all romantic. And I think that's really unfortunate because I think it took away from Lady Gaga's moment to just be a star. And instead we had to pair her up. With the director, with well, actor, producer, Bradley yeah. Cooper. <laughs> well, and I love Bradley Cooper, but I was just, you know, that was just my own personal disappointment. What are your thoughts? Um, I think I was actually listening to a little bit of a Star Was Born soundtrack yesterday. And I don't know why, but Levine Rose with Lady Gaga's yeah. rendition of it was just, I don't know if it's the, uh, like the filming that like pairs with it so well for me or just the scene. That does it, but I love that might be my favorite song. And I know it's not an original from from the film, but I just I love how oh, Lady beautiful. Gaga sings it. I also love Is That All Right from that movie. There's a bunch I really like from that movie. And not that I don't like Shallow, it's just not my favorite from the movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen A Star is Born, <laughs> go see it, but be prepared though at the end. Like <laughs> I'm not kidding. I went to go see it with four or five friends. I think Three of them were female and then one one like other like guy friend. And the girls were just bawling. Like they were just bawling at the end. And I they, they had no idea what was coming. Oh wow. Well, I, I saw it by myself and I knew it was coming and I still got emotional. Cause you don't know how. You know what's going to happen, but you don't know how. Because yeah. it's a little different in every rendition. Mm-hmm. But the music, the music is really what ties, I think, all the emotions together because when you yeah. when you go back and watch it or even like at the end when they're sort of having the montage scenes and especially, especially the end, if you know what I'm talking about, Emma, or anybody listening, like once someone makes a reappearance when they're gone or maybe uh, not around, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's like, yeah. oh my God. I'm going to actually die inside. <laughs> it's it, it's just, it's killer. It's killer. But it's, it's great. great. Yeah. Really, really good one. So watch the movie, check out the whole album, and I recommend checking out. I actually, I might love the Judy Garland one the most, maybe. And I, I like the Barbra Streisand one too with Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson, I thought, did an awesome job. So... Yeah. Okay. Good ones. Oh, and the one from the thirties is also good. I just, that one's a little harder to find also. Okay. So I love almost there from the princess and the frog. I think there were two princess and the frog songs nominated. I love the princess and the frog. I would have loved to have seen a win there in 2009. And okay. This is not controversial, but a lot of people are like, why didn't, and I'm telling you, I'm not going from dream girls when best original song and it wouldn't have been eligible. Uh, that was the song that Jennifer Hudson sings. It's like this big powerhouse. Awesome moment. And it wouldn't have been eligible because it wasn't made specifically for that movie, but it is an awesome scene. <laughs> this is kind of an out there one, but I think that accidentally in love from Shrek two was rods. I think that that I never would have known that that was, made specifically for that movie 
Shrek has always had some pretty they, like fire yeah. soundtracks, though. They, I mean, if it you think about does. it, it actually does. Holding out for a hero, I love that. Oh, I used to listen to that on repeat. Even the, even the first Shrek, you know, you have Smash Mouth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For animated movies, Shrek actually has some great, great songs. This one didn't win, but I think it should have. May it be from Lord of the Rings in 2001, which is by Enya. Yeah. Oh. It did not win it's over amazing. Monsters Inc. If I didn't have you into yeah yeah I think it should have not I. It's a beautiful song. I don't know. I just love it. It is a beautiful song. If you're not a fantasy person, it's a song that you can still get behind and like feel the emotion. It's just like it just takes you somewhere that yeah. It's it's crazy and I think it's the last song when you listen to the album like fully through which of course i used to do when i was studying and stuff that would be the last thing and you were just oh you you were just so zoned in and and you just takes you like to the next level it's oh it's an amazing unreal song. yeah it's beautiful i love it it just sweeps me up away on a dragon or something oh totally smog okay so 1998 would have been a really hard one for me that was that when you believe from the prince of egypt one Another competitor that year. Do you know who was up? No. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith from Armageddon. Dang. That, I think, oh. It's hard. We'll get into the least competitive year, but if this was in a non-competitive year, I think I Don't Want to Miss a Thing could have taken it. I think that's one of the best songs ever. So, yeah, but that, that was up there. Okay, have you seen the movie... That thing you do, exclamation point. Okay, definitely check it out. I think, Jack, I really think you would like this one. So in 1996, That Thing You Do from That Thing You Do was nominated for Best Original Song. And, okay, so the movie is about a one-hit wonder band. They come out with a song called That Thing You Do, and they kind of rise to the charts and then experience problems. But this song... I was watching with someone and they thought it was based off a true story because the song is that good. And it really is. It takes place in the 60s, early 60s, and it just fits so perfectly with that time. I could just totally see it as an actual one hit wonder. So I would have liked to have seen a win there. I thought it was good. I forget who won that year. 1992, another amazing year because you know what came out then? The Bodyguard, <laughs> and um, there were a couple songs from that soundtrack. I think I Have Nothing should have won. I'm just going to say it. I think I Have Nothing from The Bodyguard should have won that year. I think that's a fantastic song, very powerful, great music. Yeah, I think that was such a winner. Actually, that whole album I love. I mean, if you love Whitney Houston, definitely listen to The Bodyguard soundtrack. And I Will Always Love You would actually not have been eligible because that was originally a Dolly Parton song. Uh, Live and Let Die from Live and Let Die, my other favorite Bond song. It's For me, it's a toss-up between Skyfall and Live and Let Die. Those are my two hands-down favorite Bond theme songs. What's your favorite Bond theme song? Mm, I can't necessarily think of one. that, like For some reason, I've just never really been into the Bond scene. But, I mean, I, I really liked... Skyfall, like just I don't yeah. know from a it's a it's, ba awesome. it's a basic like recent kind of pick, but 
I've just I've never been super into like James Bond in general. I thought Goldfinger was great, and if you haven't yeah. listened to the Goldfinger episode, like go back and <laughs> I guess rewatch <laughs> that and re-listen to us because like yeah. <laughs> phenomenal movie. But I think yeah, Skyfall for me is really the one that stands out the most because Adele just has like a, a boom in voice. I'm not I'm not a huge like Billie Eilish fan, so I'm not like into that. <laughs> I don't I don't like Sam Smith's recent stuff, honestly. I actually did like his. I, it was hard because you're comparing it to Adele's. So yeah. to me, it was like a sequel, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's hard to compete with the original when you're a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So great stuff there. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I like those. There's a few I like. This is interesting. A lot of people don't know this, but Baby It's Cold Outside was actually a best original song winner from the 1949 film Neptune's Daughter. Of course, that's a very controversial song these days with its lyrics. <laughs> then we have another kind of, I don't know, controversy slash note of interest. I Need to Wake Up from an Inconvenient Truth, which is a documentary. That song won over every Dream Girl nomination in 2006. So that was maybe a little bit of an upset. So that was interesting. And this is... The Okay, I think this is so funny. I was kind of just looking at nominees and winners and stuff. And to me, the least competitive best original song year of all time was 2011. There were two nominees, Man or Muppet from The Muppets and Real and Rio from Rio. Those were the only two. And I think How does there that were happen? How does that you happen? Know, so, sometimes you just don't come out with a lot of music forward or original music movies. And there's definitely some, if you look at the list, there are some years with tons of nominations. And then there's some years with two. I'd be like, can we get an honorary nomination for like Aerosmith or something and like put them into the, you know, like just slot but, them in there? That's what's so hard about this category is if there was a really competitive year, like that 1998 year, um, if you didn't win, if you had been in this year, there was a good chance you could have won. And Man or Muppet from the Muppets did win that year. Interestingly enough, there are a couple other Muppet movie songs nominated for best songs. So this one just happened to be the winner. What are some of your favorites? I mean, I don't I don't know any song that you haven't mentioned yet, but really the only one that I can think of to add on top of all that is Jai Ho from Slumdog Millionaire, which I think is like not only one of my, I think, favorite movies, but just favorite soundtracks, favorite scores. I think that Jai Ho actually is a step behind Latika's theme from that film mm-hmm. because something about it, like, you just get the entire journey within like, I think like that song and then Jai Ho is sort of like this triumphant, like, I don't know, like a rallying call. But yeah, I think Latika's theme was just, it's it's up there with like Enya in yeah. The Lord of the Rings, at least with me. So yeah. I think that's like, I, I love Slumdog Millionaire. I Yeah, I Love Slumdog Millionaire is definitely up there for me for newer best picture winners. Jai Ho is awesome. I didn't know that the Pussycat Dolls sang Jai Ho up yeah. in, up until recently. Nicole, I saw Nicole Scherzinger singing it. I'm like, wait, she sings it. <laughs> so that was really cool. But yeah, that's a beautiful movie. And the, I have to say the music in that definitely is like the icing on the cake for it. 
So really amazing. So I think you bring up a great segue into scores. Scores are extremely important. I think the best example would be Star Wars 1977. This is, to me, best score ever because I think without it, the movie wouldn't have been successful. I really do. So if you've watched any Star Wars documentaries and you've seen the footage, the clanky 1970s footage, you know, they're, they're really trying something that's a little ahead of their time. And bringing John Williams on board in this project, it helps take the movie more seriously. And it's just really unique. The movie is unique. So the soundtrack has to be super original. Um, yeah, so I think that was a really special score. Yeah, the, the Spielberg-Williams team is like undefeated in creating just yeah. like lasting, timeless, just art. You know, like, yeah, I mean, an, an, anything John Williams makes is pretty much guaranteed to be gold, especially if it's from like the, the very beginning of his career, whether it's, you know, Jaws, Star Wars up until like now or any anything. I think that he's amazing. I also want to shout out to uh, to Alan Menken, who is uh, like, I think probably one of the reasons why Disney is what Disney is like today. I think, yeah. I think without him, Disney doesn't have a renaissance. They had a pretty bad streak after sort of the initial golden age up until like 1960. But when Menken came on the, the scene and he started doing I mean, he did The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Aladdin, Pocahontas. That whole 90s area. Tangled. Like, he is unbelievable. And he doesn't get mentioned, like, I think nearly as much as he should. I think he's right up there with John Williams, at least personally, because th- yeah. those Disney scores, I think, set the precedent for, like, Frozen or, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. just any any kind of new Pixar movie. And it really just it, it elevated the game. Yeah, I totally agree. I wonder if they're, I don't think Disney's ever going to have a total downfall, but sometimes I wonder if some of these people that they have on board, if they left, a part of me wonders if there'd be a little dip in creativity. I don't know. That's just just a speculation, but yeah, very interesting thoughts. Yeah. a, A couple other older movies, Gone with the Wind, 1939, to me has one of the best scores ever. It's so sweeping and epic. It actually lost to the score for The Wizard of Oz. I think I think Gone with the Wind should have taken it. I think it's iconic. I can recall it at the drop of a hat. And it, again, this is one of the earliest movies. Not earliest, I mean, as we know. But it's an early it's an early movie in terms of the advancement in the technology uh, yeah. that films had. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so it's amazing. Psycho 1960. Definitely. How iconic, iconic. The strings, what a unique way to go about it. It has such a sense of terror. It's really scary. If you're looking at the opening credits, you're like, whoo, what what am I about to watch? On the Waterfront 1954 with Marlon Brando, especially the end scene. His energy with the music in the background, it's everything that's when the score really comes alive in my opinion this was i believe not nominated for anything but i actually think that the score in the 10 commandments 1956 was awesome i think it really brought such an epic movie 
to life and kept it moving, especially with, with, when you have a long movie. It's important to have a soundtrack and score that can carry that movie with it or help be the current for the movie. So I think that was a good one. E.T., of course, the score for E.T. in 1982. Of course, brilliant. Another John Williams amazingness one. And then Titanic, 1997. Obviously, obviously, that's one of the best ever. Everything from Titanic is just brilliant. And the score, it really makes you feel like you're there with them. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's Mm. amazing. Yeah, I mean, as far as just making you feel stuff, Mm-hmm. I, I want to say that my my top three, you know, people, if you listen to this and you know me, you probably know where this is going to go. You know, I'm a huge Spielberg guy. You know, I love John <laughs> Williams. So I'll, I'll do it from, I guess, number three to number two to number one. Number three for me that we haven't mentioned yet, mm-hmm. I would say that we haven't mentioned yet. I love the Indiana Jones soundtrack. Yes. Jurassic Park. In- yes. Last but not least, Jaws. How could we forget Jaws? I mean, like, yes. I think the thing that gets me with Jaws is just how simple and effective it is. And like, I've heard stories that Spielberg thought it was a joke when Williams first showed it to him. But I think the thing that really gets me about it is just how it takes you from such a, a haunting, simple, like you, yeah. you immediately want to like get under some covers or like hide when you hear those like two notes and it's just like duh duh. And if you do that to anybody, they know exactly what you're talking about. And <laughs> that juxtaposed, I think, with like the more adventurous, swashbuckling, more upbeat songs of that film really give it just this nice dynamic where it, it makes the Jaws shark theme just so powerful, but just it's it's primal and it speaks exactly to what the shark is and the situation that the entire island and the crew of the orca is facing so i think it's just amazing i know spielberg has given williams credit for it (laughs) saying that like the film wouldn't be nearly as successful without it but yeah i mean how, how could you beat that jurassic park in Indiana Jones. Yeah, I have Jurassic Park. Is actually I have a list of non-nominees that were just completely. I feel Shafted. like, yeah, <laughs> ro- robbed for not being acknowledged. So that's definitely up there. A couple other great ones. I think that Bambi actually from 1942 has a beautiful score. I think that Double Indemnity from 1944 that has such a great, unique gritty film noir score. I think that one kind of helped bring the tension to that movie to life. Meet Me in St. Louis, 1944 has a great score. It also reminds me, I think, have so Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was made specifically for that movie. And I think it's a darn shame that it was not nominated for Best Original Song. Let's see. Oh, this was a hard year. A Place in the Sun versus A Streetcar Named Desire. These two movies are just neck and neck in so many categories for me. But score was definitely one of them. I do think A Streetcar Named Desire score deserved to win that year. And it was it's a beautiful score. It's amazing. It's heavy and sultry and thick and just fits the theme of the movie so well. But I want to give credit to A Place in the Sun's score because I think it was pretty good. One of my favorite adapted scores is that of Fiddler on the Roof. 
And do you know who adapted that score? No. Nope. John Williams, of oh, course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's a musical, but you have John Williams working with it to adapt it to the movie. Weirdly enough, I think Poltergeist has a great creepy nice score in 1982 i think it might have been a nominee too which is interesting okay late 80s and 90s i think is actually one of my favorite newer periods of movies field of dreams in 1989 i think had a magnificent score it's so powerful it captures the mystique of the movie so i love that one okay another kind of competitive year 1990 In 1990, both the score of Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg was up, and the score from Home Alone were up for Best Original Score, and neither of those won, but I think that they had the potential had Dances with Wolves not been nominated that year. I think Um, both the score for Ghost and Home Alone are iconic. I actually might prefer them over the Dances with Wolves score. Brilliant. Another John Williams score with Home Alone. And we have The Fugitive, 1993. To me, that is, an again, it captures the anxiety and high-pressure situation of the movie so well. Another really close call year, Forrest Gump versus The Lion King score. Lion King won, but my gosh, that's a close call because the score for Forrest Gump is beautiful. Any of the Lord of the Rings movies have a brilliant score. As with any and all of the Harry Potter movies, they all have beautiful, brilliant scores. Yeah, I love Harry Potter. John Williams did the score for Harry Potter as well. For those of you keeping count of how many nominations John Williams has, he is second to only Walt Disney in the amount that an individual has for Oscar noms. The number comes out at 52, if you're keeping count, which is total absurd. Yeah, total. So that's amazing. Um, A couple of my non-nominee favorites, Pirates of the Caribbean, 2003. I think it had a great score, actually wonderful score. I don't believe it was nominated. Like we mentioned, Jurassic Park. Okay, Nightmare Before Christmas, 1993, I think was a beautiful score. I actually think Danny Elfman in general is incredibly underrated with his scores. Brilliant. And all of his Tim Burton works. It's so beautiful. Edward Scissorhands is another example. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is another one. Black Beauty, Beetlejuice. He came out with all of these beautiful, incredible, to me, unique scores. And I would love to see Danny Elfman get some recognition for his work. Batman, 1989, another Danny Elfman. I was going to say, 1993, tough year for uh, Danny Elfman to contend with Schindler's List. Yeah, that was... John Williams, again, just amazing piece. Yeah, actually, oh, you know, that is so good. That one, I forgot about that one. That's also really good. Okay, you're going to be a little surprised at this one. You're going to love this. You're going to love this call. One of my other favorite non-nominees ever is the score from The Iron Giant, 1999. One of my favorites. Yep. Fantastic, great score. I listen to that. I used to listen to that one all the time. Guys, if you if you haven't seen The Iron Giant, do yourself <laughs> a favor, go watch it. I mean, it's it's an animated movie that honestly probably hits adults harder than it hits kids, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's, crazy. But it's it really does uh, special film. 
if there's one pitch, this is the pitch I think that I think it was uh, who was it? He was huge Pixar guy. Uh, Brad Bird. Yeah, Brad Bird. The pitch that Brad Bird basically said for the Iron Giant was, "What if a gun didn't want to be a gun?" Something along <sighs> those lines, and it's like, oof, you know? And, yeah, it's because it it goes deeper because I think there was a family member that had just been murdered in wow. Bird's family. And so like he took that concept and then turned it into the Iron Giant. So it's a wow. yeah, very powerful film. But Oh, continue. I love that one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> one. It's it's one. crazy. And so I have kind of one more and this is a little bit of a wild card and this is not my favorite score by any stretch of the imagination. But I recently watched Uncut Gems, which came out in 2019. And I, I, I thought there were good parts of the movie. My favorite parts were really the performance by Adam Sandler and, and Kevin Garnett. I think they were the best parts of the whole movie. My other favorite part of that movie, though, was the score. I, I don't know what it was when I was watching it. That just it really captivated me. It felt very 80s and Stranger Things-esque, so maybe that's why I liked it. But it didn't – I don't want to say it didn't match, but I think it kind of had its own vibe compared to what was going on in the movie. And I think that kind of – I don't know. I, I don't want to say tied together nicely, but I will say that was kind of an unexpected enjoyment that I got out of that film. Yeah, really good. I don't know if you've seen that or if that – if you had the same experience, but really good. Yeah, there's one huge one that I think that definitely needs to be talked about, and that is Rocky in yeah. 1976. <gasps> How I, could I forget? I think that Rocky, I, I'm, I'm close to making just some sort of executive decision that we have to cover Rocky because <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's what this country needs because we are down, we are out, but you know, we just have to remember who we are. And I, I think what, what really gets me about Rocky is the music from it because you're listening and I, I was reading up a little bit about the score. It's the same score when he is like down and out. He is just like a bum basically mm-hmm. where, it, you know, it's, it's the same exact chords, but it's really just dejected. And then it turns into this like triumphant, I, I don't know, it, it, it just turns into this like motivational like just yeah powerful piece and it, it, it just really like it really gets to you and it just it, it makes you feel like untouchable so I think that that is definitely uh definitely up there for me oh, what a great one that's another great mention oh, I can't believe that slipped my mind guys scores can really change the emotional experience of a movie it really can yeah. So a couple superlatives here for the score category. The most wins goes to Alfred, best original score goes to Alfred Newman. He has nine wins, which resulted from 41 nominations. The most nominations is no surprise, John Williams. He had 47 nominations for best original score, five nominations for best original song. So that's 52 total, like we said. And that resulted in five wins for best original song. But I mean, oh my gosh, basically anything that people hum the tune to <laughs> when it comes to recalling a movie, I feel like John Williams came up with. I really do. Yeah, He's awesome. 
So really amazing job. And it, actually, this is a really fun fact that a lot of people don't know. But John Williams, a little bit early on in his career, he actually worked with Alfred Hitchcock. He did the score for Family Plot, which is kind of one of the later movies in Alfred Hitchcock work. And he said that Alfred Hitchcock taught him so much when it comes to setting the tone for the movie through music. I think that lesson helps give us what we got throughout the years. So really brilliant. Okay, so moving on. Kind of our last little musical category is favorite movie albums. I've been, I don't know, I've been kind of into listening to movie albums lately. And I don't know about you, but I have so many that I like. I was going to try to rank them, but I honestly can't because I feel like it's whatever I'm in the mood for. Right now, my go-to favorite album to listen to And this is kind of what started this whole concept of us maybe talking about our favorite musicalities in movies. I was listening to the soundtrack, or I'm sorry, I was listening to the album for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou from 2000. This is one of my favorite movie albums ever. This is a perfect summer, summery album. It really is. If you are a bluegrass country folk, gospel, blues person, this is your album because it is such a great mix of these genres that are very nostalgic for the the year, the time that the movie took place in the 30s. Yeah, it's really beautiful. You have some beautiful folk songs in there and it's just stunning. It actually won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year in 2002, which is really impressive for a movie album to do so. A couple other of my favorites, how I'd be remiss if I did not mention Saturday Night Fever soundtrack from 1977. The Bee Gees, man, I love them. This is, to me, one of the best albums ever from a movie. The Bodyguard, if you're a Whitney Houston person, like I mentioned, 1992, this is Another great one. You've got the queen of pop here just belting it out and delivering awesome vocal performances. I also love the newer Great Gatsby from 2013. I love that album. I think that is it's such a great mix of some kind of remakes of songs, a couple original songs. It's all really different artists, but everyone seems to come together very cohesively on it. It's definitely a mood for sure. Purple Rain, 1984. What an awesome Prince album. Like it's terrific movie, even more terrific album. It's stellar, stellar soundtrack. And another one of my favorites Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes from 1996. This is one of the, to me, coolest. Yeah, it's so slept on. Like, this is such so, a good so movie. So slept on. So slept on. And the music is so 90s spectacular. It's it's epic. Like, uh, it's, like, it's like timeless 90s music. I don't know how to describe that. Yeah, like if Shakespeare was a, a 90s kid or if he was yeah. like going through it, you know, in the 90s, yeah. like I actually think it would be like pretty similar to what ended up being on screen. Yeah, no, the the music in that movie makes it. There's so many op- like I'm kissing you. Everybody's free. If you, there's there's a lot. There's oh, Young Hearts 
be free. I forget the name of that song exactly, but uh, there's so many from that album that I love. Okay. I'm going to listen to that album next. <laughs> and the, the graduate, like we've mentioned, we have some brilliant Simon and Garfunkel work there. Okay. Another one of my favorites. I think this one slept on a little too. The Goodfellas album. Oh, Goodfellas is a classic. Yeah. Br- awesome music. Awesome movie. Awesome music. Gimme Shelter. Come on. It's it's wonderful. And, uh, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 or whatever the first movies was in 2014. I listen to that album a ton. What are uh, what are some of your favorites? Well, I think for me, I mean, you mentioned so many that I, I feel like there's <laughs> not there there aren't many for me to like include. But I think the ones that really stand out to me, uh, I, I really love the Gladiator soundtrack. I think oh, that yes. it's like it's one of those very timeless, perfectly fits, I guess, the mood. Hans Zimmer again. Uh, yeah, I, I love Up too. The Pixar. Uh, yes, Up. I think stuff we did is probably the best song in the last like. 20 years i'd say the, like, yeah the the marriage song or yeah. the theme from up yeah is, like when, takes my breath the, away. like the gut-wrenching first like 10 minutes of the movie <laughs> you could you could have ended it after that like when just it, it's a movie within a movie and that song without it just doesn't it, it doesn't register the same way and they play that same song like the the same chords whatever like throughout the rest of the movie which is what makes like it's so emotional yeah. so that I think is really what indicates a, a really strong song or really strong score is when you can play it in the the saddest moments just as much as the I guess the highest ones. Yeah, yeah. It's there's oh gosh. Okay, I feel like we covered a lot, but I feel like there's going to be some that pop into my head later <laughs> where I think, wow, why didn't I mention that? Honestly, music and movies are such a match made in heaven. I mean, it's a almost a necessity. And I love when the two can come together and tell the story. There's something so magical when you can find great fits and create a great score or song or album or whatever category. When you have that, I don't know, interwoven relationship in the film and it all unfolds, it's beautiful. Yeah, the balance between, I think, the action that's going on in the screen. Sometimes the the music sort of compensates for like a lack of action or it can just like amplify it, you know, depending on yeah. the situation, of course. But yeah, you really, you can't have one, I think, without having the other. And I mean, we've mentioned so many, but that just goes to show like how I think important it really is and that it can't be overlooked. So they, they definitely deserve more recognition. I think that there's so many, like there are other people besides John Williams out there that have made, like, oh, yeah. you know, in Hans Zimmer or whoever. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, just go listen to a few, a few scores. You know, I think they're honestly perfect for, for working. But, uh, but yeah, I think that we've definitely covered a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so many. And I'm I'm excited to see I don't know. I think that this whole category, these different categories in for music, I for some reason I get a feeling that we're gonna get some shining new stars in the years to come. I think there's gonna be some more legendary composers out there that are gonna really set the bar for the next generation of movies. 
Yeah, maybe that can be the next uh, next episode, our our future future star spotlight. We'll we'll be the ones to yeah, call it. <laughs> definitely. But this was so fun. Yeah, please let us know on our social media what your favorite song was, what your favorite score was, and if you have a favorite movie album. Because I'm sure we missed a bunch that are pretty epic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know how many we missed. We uh, we covered a few, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, feel free to reach out to us, Old Soul Movie Pod, Old Soul Movie Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Facebook, Old Soul Movie Podcast. But yeah, everyone, uh, don't forget to go on Apple, iTunes, give us a nice subscribe, nice subscription. <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. I'm, I'm fried. But uh, <laughs> yeah, five stars, give us a rating, give us a review. And yeah, continue listening to us, continue uh, watching. And this has been fun, everyone. So yeah. Uh, yeah, don't forget to uh, watch Iron Giant, and <laughs> we will see you when we come back next week. Until then, take, take care. care.